Welcome to the Humble Hoof Podcast. My name is Alicia Harlov. This is a podcast for both horse owners and hoof care professionals, offering discussions into various philosophies on the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Please check us out on Facebook or at thehumblehoof.com. Garrett Ford has always been intriguing to me because he puts his money where his mouth is. He creates all these incredible products for hoof protection and he uses them on his 80 horses doing some pretty heavy duty work. Since following him on Facebook and seeing some of the awesome stuff he does, I knew that I wanted to talk to him about not only his business, but also his products and how he uses them to increase his horse's performance. Say your name and how you're involved with horses. Okay. Uh, my name is Garrett Ford, and I'm involved with horses mainly from the endurance side of things. And um, I started riding endurance horses when I was a kid. My mom took us around the country, and we got to ride and camp and, you know, ride horses all around as I was growing up. So that got kind of got me involved. And then I'm also involved with uh, racing Arabians on the racetrack. And then I'm also the owner of Easy Care, and we make a lot of different products for horses feet and so kind of involved in a lot of different areas and believe it or not I own or my wife and I own about 80 horses. Wow and do you do the hoof care for your own horses or do you have somebody else do it? I would say I do about 99% of it myself. I tell my wife that's my punishment so if I <laughs> if I have to have 80 horses then I do all my own horses, trimming, and then the glue work. So I, I try to do everything myself just to kind of keep myself engaged and tuned in. And, um, you know, it just it kind of keeps me really involved with what the professionals are doing out there. I'm, and I'm not a professional trimmer, but I do my best to kind of keep up and do it myself. Oh, that's awesome. For some reason, I assumed that you were a trimmer just because, or, you know, a farrier, because I've seen your videos where you're applying you know, glue on products and trimming. So, well, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, one of the nice things about doing what I do with the hoof care side is, you know, I've had a really good group of people that I, that I look up to and respect come and spend time with me at our house. And so what I've done when, you know, for example, somebody like Pete Ramey comes and spends time with me and I've had Pete visit on several occasions. So what I usually do is I'll go through my horse's and trim them and then i'll parade pete around or something you know whoever it is and say i'd like your feedback and don't feel like you're gonna hurt my feelings at all if you can give me feedback on what i'm doing right and wrong that would be helpful so i've been able to do that with you know, i use pete as an example because he's been several times but i probably have you know lists of 20 people that i've really looked up to in hoof care that have spent time at our house and i've really relied on them to um you know kind of guide me down hoof care path and so it's been really nice doing it myself and you know and it's it, it, it really kind of you know as you're doing endurance riding or you're taking a horse on the racetrack and you do it yourself you know those are sports where if your horse isn't sound and the hoof isn't trimmed and maintained well you're not going to succeed so it's hard to hide much in those sports yeah yeah and i definitely want to ask you more about the endurance and the racing side in a little bit. Um, but before we get to that, can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with hooves? Well, so my involvement into hooves, um, so I grew up in a family that had horses. So my mom and dad were very influential to me and they, they, like I said, they took me around the country and I, 
basically got to compete in an, on endurance horses when I was a kid. This is up, you know, 12, 13 years old. So I, I had the opportunity to ride the Tevis Cup, which is, you know, most people say is the hardest 100 miles in equine sport. I rode the Tevis Cup when I was 13. And so kind of long story short, but my my three brothers and I played collegiate football all on football scholarships. And so I went from uh, somebody that could ride horses to you know roughly 260 pounds. And so there wasn't many endurance horses that liked carrying around a kid that was 260 pounds. And so what, what happened with me is I um, went to the University of Colorado on a football scholarship. My junior year, I had a knee injury which sidelined for me for half the year. I got, I played again my senior year, but not as much, but I had to pick a product and a business to do my senior business project on. And so for several reasons, I picked the easy boot product and Dr. Neil Glass, who owned the company at that point, allowed me to, you know, dig into numbers, um, you know, study his product and use that as my senior business project. And so as I continued through my senior year, I made Dr. Glass an offer to purchase the business. So that was in 1993. I was a, what, 21 or 22 year old kid. And so I went from you know, not knowing much about horses' feet to I now owned, you know, a hoof boot business and um, everything was horses' feet. So the, the Easy Boot was the first commercially available hoof boot in the world. And in nine, 1993, I believe we were still the only um, commercially available hoof boot model. So, you know, you start to run into all the people who, you know, trade shows, farriers, hoof care professionals that talk hoof and you quickly become immersed in the hoof and how it functions and why why hoof health is so important to a horse. And so that's that was 1993, and obviously we've progressed a lot since then, but that's kind of how I got into the horse's hoof. You know, most people don't know how critical hoof health is, and, you know, when you're running a business that makes hoof, care, hoof protection products, you know, we have to really, um, I became a quick study. Yeah, definitely, I'm sure. And so when you're doing... I'm sure it's different for depending on the horse, but when you're doing endurance rides or racing, what kind of products do you typically use on your own horses when you're doing that? So the the products that I use the most, so the the horses that we compete in endurance, they're actually barefoot about I'd say, you know, 99% of their lives. And so they live barefoot. They do a great deal of their training 100% barefoot. So we have a 75-foot circumference um, Eurosizer, and we have really good footing inside the Eurosizer. So our endurance horses do, when they're getting fit for races, they do roughly 13 to 15 hours a week of conditioning barefoot in the Eurosizer. Wow. And so, you know, the majority of their time, they're barefoot. And then when we are riding them in the mountains, I personally do just about all of our conditioning in easy boot gloves. And then in big 100-mile races, I switch from a glove to our easy boot glue-on shell for races. And, you know, another thing I love doing a lot with the gloves is um, we have a really nice conditioning hill in our backyard that goes from 7,000 feet 
to roughly 12,000 feet in 12 miles. And it's, it's a dirt road and it's fairly hard packed. And one of the things I do a lot with gloves is I will take a, um, a packing. I, I usually do it with a pour-in packing and, and I try to do it with the soft product. But on those horses, what I'll do is I'll drill in the bottom. I'll boot them up in gloves. I'll inject a, um, a, a packing, um, you know, a soft type packing that we'll set up in a minute or two. And I'll take the horse up and down the hill. And um, you know, I've had people here when I do it. So when I come home, I'll pull the boots off, take the packing and throw it away. And, you know, what? it's amazing what a lot of people will say, well, that was, you know, on that horse, you just use roughly 15 to $20 of packing. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, this is, this is arguably one of the best endurance horses in the U.S. And his legs are sound. I mean, his, you know, his legs are cold. He's sound. And he looks like a million bucks. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting people's, um, concept, but you know, so to get back to your question, so that the products I use the most are for what we do in endurance is I, I like the glove for conditioning. I like the glue on shell for racing. And do you typically like for racing with the glue on shell, do you typically put it on just for the race and then remove it? Or do you have them in it for longer periods of time? I usually put them on for the race, you know, it, especially the hundred mile races. I put them on maybe three or four days before. And then I usually, you know, haul the horse to the race, haul them home. And, you know, depending on work schedule, I'll usually take them off and you're know, roughly a week after I put them on. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have some horses in them right now and, and I've really liked how they're doing in them. So I've been excited to try more, <laughs> more stuff. Yeah, no. And, and it's, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about the glue on products is we have, you know, you'll hear a lot of people talk about, you know, are they good in heat? Are they good in environments where there's heat and moisture? A lot of people think there's a, a tendency to have thrush and feet to, to turn bad quickly. And in my opinion, I don't see that. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you're in Colorado, you're in a dry environment. And one of the things that people don't realize that where the majority of our horses live is we have big pastures and they're, and they're flood irrigated. And when we flood, we, we flood pretty aggressively. So that the majority of the horses are usually standing in, you know, depths of water, you know, at least once a week up to, you know, the fetlock or higher. And a lot of times those horses are in glue on boots and shells. And um, we, we have one horse that I, I actually keep in glue on shells pretty much all year long because he's a really severe, he drags his toes on his back feet really bad. And I've done all kinds of things with chiropractic and we've done a lot of things to correct it, but he drags his toes really bad in the exerciser. So he'll, he'll take his dorsal wall down to almost nothing. And so what I've done is I just keep him in glue on shells and I have a lot of people say, well, it's ruining his hoof, you know? And so what I'll do is I'll say, you know what? I just took, there's 10 horses in this pasture. I just took glue on shells off him and he's been in them six weeks, six weeks, six weeks for, you know, the last, you know, four or five cycles. I want you to go out and pick the horse that has erect feet. <laughs> and, you know, within an hour of taking them off and trimming them, you're, in my opinion, you're not able to tell a difference between a hoof that's had them on six week cycles and a horse that's, that hasn't had them on at all. Yeah, I actually, I just got back from a clinic with Daisy Bicking in Pennsylvania, and it's, you know, pretty wet up here in the Northeast. 
And she pulled off, well, her apprentice pulled off a pair of the Easy Care Performance. Um, And she had packing and and Artemud as well. But the, I mean, the sole and the frog looked beautiful. I mean, and she even said, like, do you guys see any thrush? And and we were all surprised that, you know, they, this horse has lived in them for a while and they, the feet looked great. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And and, and I think, you know, using Artemet and using some things to prevent it are also helpful. But, you know, it's just, there's one of those misnomers out there with gluons and, you know, heat and, you know, thrush and bacteria. And so, I mean, I, I personally think if, if put on well and using the right products, those are, you can eliminate that totally. Yeah. Um, and so I see that you are kind of always working on the next product. It looks like it seems like you really enjoy kind of coming up with new, (laughs) new innovations for, for easy care. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that process about new product development? Yes. And so, you know, it, the majority of times, I mean, we have, you, you can see the products we manufacture and sell by, you know, kind of what's up on our website. And, you know, I think at this point we manufacture more urethane or synthetic options than any company in the world. And so we have a, we have a great line of, you know, pleasure riding, performance boots, therapy boots. And we also have a, an easy shoe line that's nail on and glue on. And so, what what usually happens for us on the innovation side is that I would say 90% of, of new products come from feedback of customers where they say, well, you know, I, I like this, but can you make it, you know, with an open toe so I can change breakover or I like, you know, I like the features of the glove, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm frustrated with the, um, the hook and loop on the gaiters or, you know, I like, you know, this, this therapy boot, but I'd like a, a you know, a pad that, that lasts longer. And so a, a lot of it is, you know, that coming from a, a consumer. We also have, you know, we also get a lot of wish lists from, from the professionals out there where they're like, you know, they, you know, they're trying to glue a product on, but they're having, you know, issues in certain areas or, and so I, yeah, I'd say the majority of it, of the ideas come from um, either our cons- either consumers using product or professionals using product. So that kind of starts the innovation process. And then what happens with you know with with all these ideas? What people don't understand about horses, and you know, I think the professionals do, but the the big difference between a horse and let's say a human athlete is that. You know, um, a strong human athlete a long time, uh, many times is 150 pounds or, you know, let's say a football player gets up to 250 pounds, you know, a horse, you know, we're talking about a, a thousand or 1200 pound animal that can go from zero to, you know, 40 miles an hour in, in no time at all. So the forces that, that we're trying to, you know, work with on a horse are so different. And so what happens with most ideas in our industry is, is that we have to make a mold and we, we have to make a prototype or an injection mold to even see, you know, majority of times if a product has any merit. And so I'll run into people all the time and say, oh, that new shoe you're doing, you know, I had that idea 10 years ago, but I didn't, I didn't make a mold because molds are expensive. 
And I said, yeah, you're preaching to the choir, buddy. <laughs> because I got probably, um, I don't know, I probably have a hundred molds that are just sitting, sitting with mothballs on them. And, you know, on average, I would say a mold on average is roughly $15,000. Wow. And that's, and that's for every size. For each size? Each size. Wow. <laughs> And so, you know, and, and, and that's where, you know, some of the innovation stuff gets hard is, you know, you may have an idea that you think is a good idea, but if, if you're going to make a size to fit every horse and you start doing the, the math of, you know, $15,000 per mold per size, you quickly start saying, am, am I ever going to recoup my investment? Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of small sizes and large sizes that, are really to help horses because our, our small sizes and large sizes are, are never products that make easy care any money. They're really just to help horses. Right. Hi, uh, this is Dan Schroeder and I have been a farrier for 12 years and currently I do farrier work on the weekends, but I am also the hoof care practitioner and vet dealer representative for Easy Care. I met Garrett quite a few years ago and I have been using the Easy Care products in my practice for quite a few years. Kind of started out with the glue on products, the uh, Easy Shoe Performance and the Performance NG. Kind of went on from there, adding a few products here and there and, and uh, getting into using more of the boots. And then more recently, uh, since the inclusion of the Flex Shoe, I've been using that quite a bit also. You know, the reason I came to work for Easy Care is they're a company that just really seems to strive to keep making better products and finding better ways to help the horses, help make them more comfortable. They never just sit back and say, you know what, that's good enough, we don't need to move any further. And and that's always kind of the way I, I tried to run my business. You know, a horse is happy, but you know, what if we could do something to make him a little bit better and a little more happy? So, you know, when the opportunity came up to go to work for Easy Care, my wife and I talked about it and, and it seemed like a really good fit. And, you know, the, the people that work for Easy Care, I've never really met such a group of people that are so like-minded. Everyone in the office is really concerned about their job and concerned about learning and, and everyone kicks in for new ideas for new shoes and for new boots you know it's just it, it's a real pleasure working for easy care and uh, i don't think we could probably have a, a better person running the show as garrett he is a hundred percent driven in like i said not not letting anything sit you know what can we do to make this better and coming out with new products so uh, it's it's been a pleasure and, and i look forward to it to the future of it you know where we're going to go from here so then how do you decide i mean as you're coming up with all these products how do you decide what goes to market i know that you test a lot of them yourself right yeah, I do. And so, you know, one of the things with having as many horses as I do, you know, I, I had a product, you know, this weekend that, you know, we were snowing sideways and we had mud and slop and you had family in town, but I just, I went out and I put in the snow, I put, you know, a new product on this horse and he didn't do much athletic, but he, he walked around and ran around the slop for four days. 
And so, you know, what I usually do with most of these products is I, I first test them on our horses and I, I first test them for fit. You know, do they fit the horse correctly? Do they, you know, agree with my philosophy on the, on the hoof? And then, you know, from there, a lot of times it's weather dependent because right now we're in winter, but even in winter, I'll do a lot of pretty hard riding, but you know, we have really difficult trails. Like I said, that go from, we have a dirt road and we also have a trail system that goes from 7,000 feet to 12,000 feet. And even a new prototype product, a lot of those products are going up and down that hill numerous times. And you know, after being in this, in the business since, you know, 1993, we've been in this business. You can tell pretty quick, you know, what's going to work and what's going to help horses. So if, if we get to a point where it's working on our own horses, then it's, you know, what I usually start doing is I have a small group of testers that I rely on for, for feedback. And I usually send out products to other people and I'm pretty guarded with who I send stuff to because and one of the challenges, especially on the boot side of the business is that there's so much hoof boot success that's, that's on if you size it and if you fit it correctly. Right. And so if, if I've been having big success on horses, you know, walk, trot, canter in difficult ground, mud, slop, and you send it to somebody and they and their feedback is, well, I can't get it on and it doesn't stay on. You know, there's a lot of user error, in my opinion, also in, in hoof boots. So, you know, I, I always try to get people that I think have a pretty good head on their shoulders in terms of, you know, they have to get the right size. They have, have to fit them correctly. And so once I get it to those, to the people that, I rely on for testing if they also have good success. Then what we'll usually do is we'll start with one mold. So, so for example, I have a lot of horses. You know, if I was talking about an easy boot glove, I have a lot of horses that fit into the size two and two and a half or an easy boot glove. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll usually concentrate on making the first test molds in a size where I can test it on a bunch of horses. And then what we'll do after testing is we'll make tweaks to those molds. And then if it comes back from others in the market testing and testing well, then what we'll, we'll usually do is we'll grade those molds up and down into different sizes and we'll do a full mold run. And then those are the products that are you know released to market in the, in the coming year. And do you do any heat fitting with your boots when you're using them yourself? You know, I do do some heat fitting. I try to do the bulk of our testing without heat fitting. And the reason for that is that, you know, the, the heat fitting is a incredible method with boots. The The biggest challenge with it is that, yeah, I would say that the, the high number of consumers that use our product don't want to do anything with fitting, with heat fitting. Right. And so, you know, with, with the heat fitting, that's more on the professional and hoof care practitioner level. So the main things I try to do with heat fitting are, is the urethane that we're using, is it compatible with the heat fitting process? And so, you know, what on most all of our boots, we use the same type of urethane. The urethane we use now for, for example, the glove or the glue on shell is the, is the same type of urethane that you'll see in the bottom of a easy boot cloud or the bottom of a bottom of an old Mac sole. And so that, that material, um, really does well with heat, heat fitting. So, you know, aside from that, I don't do a 
tremendous amount in um, in testing because what I want our boots, I want the the majority of our boots to work with a consumer that doesn't have to heat fit. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, after that whole process of testing and and trying them out on your own horses and and trying to get it to to market officially, what percentage of products that you actually work on and develop would you say actually makes it to market to sell? Good question. Um, I mean, I would say that, you know, because we've been around for so long, I'd say I'm getting better at, you know, knowing when a product is started, if it's going to make it to market and, you know, if we should put in the effort. So I would say that, you know, the answer is a little skewed because, you know, there's been so many failures in the past that, you know, when we start a new product, I can probably say, well, you know, that one failed, that one failed, I'm not going to do that. And so there's all these things that I've already ruled out when I'm starting a new product. So I, I, I would say new products these days when we're opening a mold, I would say probably 85% plus go to market. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, and, and so, you know, but a, a lot of, you know, when you get an idea, a lot of them are, no, that's not going to work because I have a, I mean, I have a full, I probably have a 2,000 square foot space that's all the failures but those are you know over 25 years of failures oh wow yeah so there's a lot of stuff down there but the interesting thing is sometimes i'll go down there and i'll say well this one failed but i like this part of this one this one and and i i can almost go down to my my r d room and take different parts and pieces off different boots and you know put a put a boot together that works that's awesome. And I'm actually, I'm really excited to try out the new Versa. I've been seeing that it's hopefully going to be available soon. It might actually be available before this episode comes out. But that one you said came as a way to kind of make composite shoeing more accessible in, in terms of price range. Well, it's, you know, so what, what, what's happened on our easy shoe side is that we, we, we really started that product line with a glue on only line. And so in my opinion, in a, in a, in a perfect world, the majority of hoof care professionals would have more skills with gluing. And so the, the, the biggest challenge with gluing is that you have to be very fastidious to your prep. You have to be very fastidious on how you how you um, store your glue and you have to be very fastidious on your installation procedures. So for example, your, your glue, your, your easy shoe and your hoof ideally should be roughly the same temperatures. And so what, what happens with gluing is that and, and again, I don't, I hope the professionals don't take this, this wrong, but I would say in, in my opinion, there's probably less than 10% of the professionals that, um, that think they're good at gluing are really good at gluing. Yeah. And, and it's just because the, the, the time and effort to do it correctly, what, what happens is if when people do it correctly, if you bill for all those hours and time, what happens is you end up charging for a product and a service that a lot of times isn't affordable. Right. And so, so when you do your prep, right, when you do all these things, right. And you, and you start to work on your bill, you say, well, I don't, I don't know if I can bill that much. 
And so what what I'm getting towards is that what we were trying to do with some of our urethane shoe lines that are nailed on is that you know we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make the, the process easier where um, if somebody wants to fudge on the prep and you know, let's just say if somebody wanted to glue and use two nails or four nails and do some glue work, they have a product when, when they come back at you know four or five or six weeks, that product is still going to be on. And they're going to be able to offer it to their clientele at a price point that's more affordable. And so, you know, that's really the concept be- behind. We have the Easy Shoe Flex, we have the Easy Shoe Performance NG, and we have the the new Versa. They're really geared toward. You know, we we want those horses to still be able to have all the benefits of urethane. And we want them to be able to be used by people that maybe don't have the glue techniques or don't want to invest the time and effort in the glue techniques. And so, you know, what our goal is, is to really get some urethane, flexible, shock-absorbing hoof protection products into the market where, you know, we can get them at a price point where somebody isn't looking at it and say, well, that's, you know, I, I believe in the concept but I can't afford it. And what we're trying to do is get into that price range where we take the pricing concern out of the equation. Yeah. I know I saw the email, I think, did it say that in the next week or two that hopefully it'll be available? Yeah, so they'll be they'll be available in a perfect world. They'll be available, I think, Monday, is it the 9th? Monday the 9th? Monday, d- December 9th, they'll be available here in the USA. Awesome. The other thing we're going to have with the first version that will hit here is will be the verse. We'll have metal inside, and it'll be um, we'll have side clips, and then immediately following that, probably a month later, we will have the Versa Light in a front and hind pattern. So that'll be a full urethane shoe with no metal inside, and there'll be size for front pattern and hind patterns. And the, the biggest difference you'll see in the Versa compared to the Flex is there's a lot more length in the shoe. So, you know, um, most people are going to be trimming the length off, but at least there's length there to trim. Yeah. And actually, I know that I had seen, but I, I recently went to a conference in September and was able to meet Curtis Burns. And he had on his table some like really huge urethane shoes that looked a lot like the flexes, but they were, I mean, clearly intended for draft feet. And did you, did you both work on that together? Or I was wondering a little bit about how that came to be. Yeah, well, so... You know, the, I mean, I, I have to give the majority of my education on the gluing side, you know, I'd say, you know, 99.99% of it to uh, Curtis Byrne. In, in my opinion, Curtis, Curtis has the most knowledge and he, he has the best system for prep gluing and gluing success in, in shoes. So what, what happened with Curtis and I is early on when I got when I started making my first easy shoe concept, I actually was, was trying to race a racehorse in a, in a glue on shoe that I developed and I was having all kinds of issues with track officials and, you know, the, uh, the shoe not being allowed for the rules. So I, I got introduced to Curtis Burns by Fran Jurga 
And I told Curtis I was going to get on a plane and come out to see him. And so Curtis said, well, it's, you know, happy to talk to you on the phone, but, you know, you and I are going to be competitors. And so I'm not really sure we want to, you know, I wanted to see you. So I didn't listen to him and I went out to uh, Florida anyways and uh, spent about 45 minutes talking to Curtis outside his building door. He didn't want to let me inside. And then I don't know how I got him to do that, but he, he opened his door and, you know, showed me a lot about what he was doing and, you know, successes and failures. And so what ended up happening is, is that Curtis and I became really good friends and we licensed um, Curtis's patent technology in the majority of our easy shoes. And so when you look at the easy shoes that have the, the wire skeleton inside, those are built using Curtis's patented technology. And so what we ended up doing is the, the easy shoe products are really kind of a joint effort between Curtis Burns and myself. And so the, to get to your question about the, the larger draft shoes is that, you know, so over the years, Curtis and I, you know, because we're, we're wired similar and we're dealing with, you know, the same industry and we're dealing with a lot of the same challenges, you know, we, we constantly bounce ideas off each other and we're, we're, we're constantly adding products to the, to the wall of products that, you know, didn't make it. And every once in a while we get a product out of it, um, that we think is going to help horses. So on the, on the draft size, you know, one of the biggest challenges with draft horses around the country, especially when you talk about police horses and and you look at all the, um, carriage horses, you know, around the world, um, a lot of them are bigger horses, a lot, a lot of them are expensive to shoe and a lot of them are working on, hard surfaces and so what what we would like to do is do a couple versions of the easy shoe make them commercially available for the uh, larger breeds working on hard ground we we just think with a good product we think one we can get the cost down and two we think we can get we, we can have them wear longer and we think we can make these horses a lot more comfortable yeah, I definitely have had times where I've, you know, seen a draft and really wished that I could get my hands on a bigger composite because some of them are, are even too big for a lot of the boots out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, you know, a lot of the mounted patrols are going to bigger horses and it's tough. And if, if they're in shoes, their, their shoeing bills are, are you know, very, very expensive. And so there, there just is not a lot of... Um, commercially available options for them. So that's that that big shoe that you saw is something in the works. And um, Curtis has has it on several carriage horses around the country, and we're just continuing to test and and get feedback on that line, especially before we go to um, more molds. The the challenge when you start to look at draft size molds is that you know there isn't two or three molds we have to do to fit the draft horses. There's probably ten or twelve. And so, you know, if, if you, you know, for example, on our shoes, if you go from the biggest shoe, which is a, like in our flex line is a five, if, if we wanted to make the drafts happy or the larger horse breeds happy, we'd probably need to do a six, a seven, an eight, a nine, 10. We probably have to go up to 12 or 13. Wow. Yeah. 
And so on, on that shoe line, it's it's not just the urethane mold. We also have to do the mold of the metal stamp that goes inside. Right. And so on, on that line especially, we're, we're really trying to get the, the feedback we need b- before we move forward because it's a very, that's probably a, off the cuff, that's probably a several hundred thousand dollar investment. Yeah, I'm sure. And I know there's a handful of us at the conference that were, we're kind of asking him about it and and would be happy to see that. But yeah, I'm sure it's it's kind of a big undertaking. So. Right, and 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 that's you know the, the the challenge with a lot of this stuff is that yes, there's going to be a horse or multiple horses that a product can help, and so the challenge on the on the business side and the inventor side is that. You know, at, at some point, the, the only way we're going to be able to keep our doors open and keep making products is if if we're able to sell some of these products. Right. And so on the draft side, you know, the, one of the challenges is there's not a lot of, there isn't a lot of these horses. And so Curtis and I have, you know, had many discussions around, you know, how many sizes, you know, what's the price point, you know, how do we make them, you know, price competitive, but at some point, pay off our molds and you know it may be maybe a project we just do because it we need to help horses and there's been a lot of products that we've made Curtis and I both have made we've just done because it's the right thing to do for the industry and you know for example on on Curtis's side he makes a lot of full extensions and you know stuff for smaller horses that have um, lower limb issues and Curtis probably has five or six of the best full extension products and they're you know, they, he doesn't sell a lot of them. The molds are still expensive. And, you know, he really did it because it was it was needed. Yeah. Yeah, I was able so. to see um, him give a talk on on full extensions and, and working with minis. And it was really cool. And, and that was another thing is that, yeah, those small sizes can be really tough. Like you were saying, that's another side of things that probably, you know, doesn't always make a ton of money. But it's hard to find those small sizes, too. Yeah, and that's the thing when you when you get to these smaller and larger sizes sizes, and also a lot of the therapy products, you know, we're always looking at it as you know, does it help horses? Is it going to help the healthcare professionals? And you know, is it the right thing to do um, for the industry? So you know, a lot of a lot of times these projects don't pencil, but you know what? When you get those letters from people that you know this foal is now straight or this mini is now able to live a a better life. It's like, you know, it's, you know, that's kind of really what it's about is, is, is getting the feedback from people saying, you know what, you, you helped my horse and you know, I don't think he would have made it without it. Yeah. My name is Curtis Burns and I'm the one that originally designed the Polyflex shoes and was a full-time farrier and was just looking for an alternative to fix a few horses and you know little did I realize I was going to end up creating a business. I can't get over I mean the, the work ethic that Garrett has. Uh, he's like a bulldozer. He just keeps going and going and going yeah. and uh, honestly it's uh, been a great relationship. You know I don't know how else to say it other than uh, he came to me out of I guess it's got to be probably somewhere around five, six years ago now, uh, when we first kind of met up. And I remember uh, specifically reading a story that Fran Fran Yerga had written on her blog about uh, this guy that was, you know, that owned Easy Care that was trying to make a boot to be able to run his Arabian racehorses in. And... uh, 
you know, how much trouble that he was having. And I read the whole article and I was like, and I got to the end of it and I said, this poor guy has no idea what he's up against because basically I'd already walked down that road with my shoes, uh, you know, having a synthetic shoe and, and getting the okay to actually run in it. And it was all, it was far more challenging than you could ever, ever imagine. You know, and, and the thing of it was, is I happened at the time to work for literally some of the very best horse trainers in the you know in the country and uh, and i was struggling to get it done so i was like how is this poor guy going to get it done you know in the middle of colorado you know at some little track and uh with little education about you know synthetics being used you know so it, it was so funny because uh, um i i hadn't hardly got done reading the the article and my phone rang and it was fran and she said she wanted to introduce me to this, you know, to, to Garrett. I said, Fran, why would I, you know, she said, I think you should, guys should get together. And I said, I, you know, why would I, why would I want to do that? I says, you know, he's, he's wanting to get into my space that I'm, I've struggled so hard to get going. And I said, yeah, he's so much bigger than I am. I mean, this is a guy that could easily run right over the top of me. And um, she said, no, 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 this guy's not like that, you know. And so anyway, she she convinced me to at least have a chat with him. So uh, anyway, she barely had hung up. And I always tease to this day that I think he was on the other line because no more did she hang up. The phone was already ringing and it was Garrett. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, we talked and we hit it off immediately, uh, you know, talking to me and I kind of told him my, my frustrations and my struggles that I had had. And, you know, and he says, you know, I'd really like to, you know, do something with you. And so, well, I kind of been down that road and it didn't work out so well. I just don't know that I'm really interested in, in doing and going down it again. And he said, no, no, he said, listen, he said, I'd rather, I'd rather be in business with you than against you. And he says, you know, just, let, let's get together and and have a chat and he literally showed up at my shop within like a day or two uh wow. he flew out flew out and uh and uh i tell the story all the time it was uh he showed up and literally when you're at my shop if you walk through the front door you're kind of almost in my manufacturing facility area and um i just really didn't want him to come in there you know i don't know this guy you know and it was just beaming hot and he just come from colorado where it was cold and we're standing out in the parking lot and the sun's beaming on him and he finally looked at me he said dude you're gonna let me in there or not he said i'm dying out here <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at it and started laughing. I thought, all right, come on in. So anyway, and like I said, it's just, uh, it's the best move I ever made. I mean, not only not only did I get a, somebody that we got to do some business together, but I ended up with a great friend out of the deal as well. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's a unique partnership really because we both kind of continue on with our own businesses. But what we do is we occasionally get together on, on projects and, uh, and um, you know, I'll do a little bit of prototyping. And uh, when we feel we're kind of uh, heading the right direction, um, and in some cases, he's picked it up and then taken it on to manufacturing and, and distributing. You know, I kind of I kind of still run my business. He runs his. But we have a good time being able to, um, you know, periodically get together on some projects. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. And 
you know, honestly, if, uh, you know, we're not in completely in each other's business, sometimes it's nice to be able to have somebody that you feel confident enough to ask tough questions that you're going over in your head, you know, and uh, what you what might be the next place you want to go or you know, thing that you might want to make. And is that a valid direction to go? And when you do this kind of stuff for a living, it's not, it's not very many people out there that have have walked down the road that you can reach out and talk to about it, you know, and get a legitimate answer and, and, and questions back, you know? So yeah. it's been a, it's been a really cool, like I said, uh, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for him and been a great fun. I, you know, the biggest regret I w we have is that we're not closer. I wish, you know, we could be able to spend more time together, you know, but without me being in Florida and our business, you know, running here and him in Colorado, we, you know, we get together when we can. So, but yeah. it's, it's, we talk a lot and it's not, it's not always just business either you know it's a it's a friendship so it's been it's been pretty cool and you know kind of switching gears a little bit do you have a product that you've developed that's your favorite well you you kind of asked that about the about the glove I mean I yeah. I in, in, in my opinion I think our I personally love the the easy boot glove and I've ridden thousands and thousands and thousands of miles in the easy boot glove all over the u.s and had great luck with it the, the the biggest challenge with the glove is that you have to be pretty fastidious with hoof care and you know with only three millimeters of difference from one size to the next you, know, you obviously can't keep a horse on you know a six or eight week trim cycle you have to be a little more diligent with trim cycles so you know that in my opinion um you know, the glove for training, the glue-on shell as a glue-on product, those are my go-tos. I probably have, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I probably have, oh, more than 500 boots in my tack room. <laughs> and I would say of those 500, I'd say four, 450 or 460 of them are easy boot gloves. Wow. And for so all I, your different I, horses? Well, so what I do is I have baskets, wire baskets that slide out from the wall in each size. And so predominantly our horses range from an ought to a size three. And so when I get a horse out, I know that, you know, whatever he's got one, you know, 1.5s in backs and two in the fronts and we'll get them, you know, boot them, ride, and then we'll wash them off. And then they go back in those wire racks at night and they kind of air dry and so that's how i keep all my i mean it's set up you know really nicely slide out and um when everybody comes in there they're like wow that's a lot of boots i say well yes it is but <laughs> if i don't have a lot of boots then there would be a lot of there there'd be a big question mark on what i do yeah right and so i did i mean i'd say that's you know it's definitely my go-to that's definitely a boot where i mean i can boot pretty much any horse we have i can go ride some of the most difficult terrain in Colorado at speed. And I have really, really good results. That's awesome. And do you think, is that the most popular product among consumers too, or? You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. Again, the, the challenge with the glove is that the, the hoof care, whether it's the owner that's helping or the professional that's doing everything has to be very fastidious. So the, the biggest challenge with the glove is that, yeah, I would say at the minimum, you have to be on a four-week trim cycle or less. And so to, for, for the glove to continue to work well. 
And so the majority of people trimmers for one and also consumers that are getting their horses you know feet taken care of they don't do it on a four-week cycle and so and so that makes the glove a little more difficult for those people to use and so you know so i would say our um our pleasure riding line with you know the easy boot trail original the, the the new trail the old max you know those those pleasure boots that accept you know more of a difference in trim from let's say a six or eight week cycle to a fresh trim are boots that that are more popular in, in our line yeah i know i mean maybe it's just because of you know being a hoof care professional, but I would say the product I sell the most are the clouds, mostly because if I'm pulling shoes on a horse, I just usually, you know, sell them a pair of clouds so that if there's a transition period that they might be living in those for a little bit, they're really comfortable and it gets the horse through any kind of discomfort fairly, you know, quickly in my experience. Right. Well, and and that's the other, so, you know, going into the, I'd say on the performance line glove, I'd say, pleasure line, you know, the, the trail products and the old Mac. And then in the, uh, in the therapy line, our, our better product is the cloud. And, you know, just like you talked about the cloud is an incredible product for horses that one, if they're coming out of shoes and they have any tenderness, if during the year at all, there's any type of, you know, abscess or any type of laminitic episode where we need to keep these horses comfortable and moving for blood flow, the cloud is a really really good product for us and has been really successful yeah and it's one too that i feel like it stays on well during turnout and you know i haven't had a horse yet that doesn't love them if they're sore you know and i also i really appreciate the the 45 day guarantee that you guys have because i can you know sell a pair of boots and be pretty confident with the owner that you know if if something happens or if you know, we messed up on fit or something, then I'll contact the company and we'll, we'll figure something out. So thank you guys for doing that. Yeah, no, it's one of those things where, you know, we want to be fair, you know, we do get returns back and then, you know, we actually have a brand new system on our website. It's called the easy care certified used. And so what, what we're doing with products that come back that are still really good shape, but a little dirty is we're listing them and then we sell them. We don't have a lot of them, but we're trying to kind of turn those products and get them back back out and have them used by consumers or professionals. So it's it's been good and it's been, you know, it's always one of those things when you get stuff back, you're it's a double-edged sword, but, you know, we've kind of turned it around and we're reselling the used products that are coming back in, in good shape. Yeah, well, thank you so much for offering that because I know it probably is a little scary to offer that because, you know, you might, you might lose some money, but I think it, it makes me more confident in being willing to sell. And I haven't had that many that have, you know, needed to come back. So that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think those are most of my questions. I just have, uh, one final one. Um, do you have any tips for owners or hoof care providers that are looking to get more into booting or composite shoeing? Um, you know, I would say on the, you know, if I was speaking to a horse owner, I would tell them, you know, one is to, is, is to be patient. I would tell them to really work on getting a hoof boot that fits the hoof correctly. I would also tell a consumer to also get a boot 
that works with the type of riding that you want to do. And so, you know, there's lots of different hoof boots on the market, whether they're Easy Cares or other brands. And so if you, the consumer does the right research, gets the right fit, I think the um, majority of people are very successful. On the, on the professional side, I would say, you know, my biggest advice for somebody that wants to carry boots especially is to make sure you carry the, the fit kits of the different boot styles that you want to sell because that'll really make your sizing more successful and you'll make your your customer much more happy if you get them the correct size. And then I would tell the professionals that are wanting to get more into gluing to really, really look at, you know, some of the videos that Curtis Burns has done in terms of the, the preparation and all the steps you need to do in order to achieve gluing success. And it's interesting. A lot of times I'll, I'll tell professionals that and they'll, and they'll say, well, I watch a bunch of videos and that's too much work. And I tell them, I say, well, you know what? The best thing you can do is not glue because, you know, the horses aren't going to be happy. Your customers aren't going to be happy. And you're not going to be happy either because you're going to be going out and you're going to be re- replacing shoes, you know, right after you put them on. But on the other side of it, if somebody really wants to dive into gluing and really learn the prep and really get good out of it, I think they have a niche in their industry, in their area that they have a chance to really rise up and be the the professional in the area that gets all the glue work. So, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. And, um, you know, any other questions or yeah, I think that was mainly it. Well, well good. <laughs> well, thank no, you so much. Yep, no problem. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for thinking of us, and hopefully that'll give people more about the um, inside of what happens with these products. Yeah, absolutely, and I know a lot of people who are excited to hear it, so thanks for being willing to be on cool. it. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, have a good rest okay. of your day. Right, you too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. I always say that I'm slightly more hoof obsessed than the average person, and chances are, if you're listening to a hoof care podcast, you are too, so we should probably be friends. Feel free to find me on Facebook or email me at thehumblehoof at gmail.com. Hi, uh, this is Dan Schroeder, and I have been a farrier for 12 years, and currently I do farrier work on the weekends, but I am also the hoof care practitioner and vet dealer representative for Easy Care. I met Garrett quite a few years ago, and I have been using the Easy Care products in my practice for quite a few years. Kind of started out with the glue on products, the Uh, Easy Shoe Performance and the Performance NG. Kind of went on from there, adding a few products here and there and and, uh, getting into using more of the boots. And then more recently, uh, since the inclusion of the Flex Shoe, I've been using that quite a bit also. You know, the reason I came to work for Easy Care is they're a company that just really seems to strive to keep making better products and finding better ways to help the horses, help make them more comfortable. They never just sit back and say, you know what, that's good enough. We don't need to move any further. And and that's always kind of the way I, I tried to run my business. You know, a horse is happy, but 
you know, what if we could do something to make him a little bit better and a little more happy? So, you know, when the opportunity came up to go to work for Easy Care, my wife and I talked about it and, and it seemed like a really good fit. And, you know, the, the people that work for Easy Care, I've never really met such a group of people that are so like-minded. Everyone in the office is really concerned about their job and concerned about learning and, and everyone kicks in for new ideas for new shoes and for new boots you know it's just it, it's a real pleasure working for easy care and uh, i don't think we could probably have a a better person running the show as garrett he is a hundred percent driven in like i said not not letting anything sit you know what can we do to make this better and coming out with new products so uh, it's it's been a pleasure and, and i look forward to it to the future of it you know where we're going to go from here